For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers powered by together credit union empowering you to achieve your financial goals it is the last minute blues podcast uh, donnie fandango jeff burton jamie rivers here to talk about all things st louis blues hockey and god knows whatever else comes to our brains Boys, what's going on? Oh, it's a happy Wednesday, is yeah, it not? It's a really happy Wednesday. Yeah. I, I'm I'm ecstatic right now. That Love was, what happened last night. I I do too, man. And and plus two, I was set to be real sour. Yeah. Like real, no. real sour yeah, after yeah. that. But uh, stop. What? But man, they really I mean, outside of that first, what do you say, like six, seven, eight minutes of the first period, they played really friggin' well. Yes, they really, really did. Yeah. And outside of a five second in between two goals, they played really, really well as well. I love the people that called for it. Well, why didn't you pull Bennington? Why didn't you pull Bennington? Three goal, two goals in five seconds, three goals in X amount of come on. Can, okay, but uh, come on. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I, I turned my back for a second. I was kind of screwing around watching the game and I was cooking dinner for the kids and whatnot. And they scored the second goal. I turn around and man, they scored the third goal. I'm like, get him out, get him out. No, I, but I but when you saw it, I didn't see what happened. Okay. I thought it was just okay. like a shot where they came over and fired it, and he just misplayed it. Right. I mean, he did misplay it, but it was off the glass and then it bounced. And so then when I saw it, I go, "Ooh, this is going to be interesting." And Chief and Steve Ott were like in immediately, oh, like yeah. intense conversation. And then Chief looked like he never even wavered. Just looks like no, nah, I'm not even. He didn't even look down there, right? Which was key there. So. I was happy he did that. Can, can we? Can, can there just be two things that that Blues fans just stop? Just, just two. Huh? Just stop talking. <laughs> just two. Just two. Can can we can we stop saying anything about firing the coach right. after when we lose a couple games in a row or have a bad? Can we? Can we just? Can we put that to bed? Sure. We got a good one. Let's right. keep him. And two, this like the Jordan Bennington thing. I see people complain about him online again in the pregame last night on ESPN plus. I don't think they were particularly glowing to Jordan Bennington. I just feel like this dude still kind of gets the side eye from a lot of people, including blues fans. Dude, he is a number one deserves to be a number one and will be. So can we please just shut up? Yeah. I'm not going to mow your lawn, but I am going to trim the hedges just a little bit (laughs) in that you give up three goals. Whether they're his fault or not, what did he do the rest of the game? Shut the effing doors. What yeah. he did, and there were several times when he's swimming on his stomach and he throws the lake out. Mm-hmm. The guy played him so well. And one of what Baruby said about, and I won't get the quote right, but he said it wasn't a mistake. What, what did he say? What the reason why Bruby didn't take him out? I saw the quote. I can't remember it now. Uh, something about like it wasn't his fault. It wasn't or his fault, so I was okay. Why with did him. he even think about taking something him out? Like yeah, that. you can't. You, who's who's not going to let that in? Yeah, I mean, it was oh. just funky, funky, funky. And talk about Jamie. I know. I know what I wanted to bring up. How fast that puck's going to be zooming around the wall right there? Can he even see it at that point? It's tough to say. Look, the goalie. It, look, the goalie's job is to track the puck. His job is to see the puck at all times. Now. When it does get up on the glass, you can lose it. 
You can lose it because it, the glass is clear and there's people that are sitting there and the puck travels fast and you're looking and sometimes you lose it. And this one hit a partition. And even Jordan Bennington says, I heard it hit, but I couldn't find it after. And then all of a sudden it's in the net. So yeah. it happens. It happens. Now where, where I get a little, uh, where I, where I get a little, not aggravated, but where I, I kind of laugh is I actually like that people dog on Jordan Bennington. I like that people disrespect him. I like that ESPN Plus isn't glowing with rave reviews. Or know his first name. It, is it because of the kind of player that he is and he plays better with the chip on his 100%. shoulder? 100%. Okay. You go ahead and disrespect Jordan Bennington. Watch what happens. You're right. But, you know, you're right. It's just, you know, man, I mean, is a nobody fan wants of the to team. hear it, Donnie. I get it. Nobody wants yeah. to hear it, and especially when you're a fan of the player and of the team, and, yeah. and certainly you understand the game, and that it's not just about one shot on net that makes him, makes or breaks a guy. I get it. But Jordan Bennington seems to thrive when people kind of crap on him. Yeah. 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 So hey. let him go. Let, let him crap, crap away. Also, too, crap I would, away. I would like to that. be nominated as the president of the Ivan Barbashev Appreciation Society. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 Miss Lippy. Get in line. That, get in line. No, man. Why do I got to get in line? Because I was his president last year. Oh, okay. All right. I understand. Hey, if you, you already can still be VP. All right. That's fine. Yeah. I'll, even, I'll even take treasurer. It's fine. I just. <laughs> I just be co counsel together. Dude, I like um, that. They, you guys working together. I love that guy so much. And, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you today, Jamie, is like, you know, we kind of have an idea of the player that we think our Ivan Barbashev is. Mm-hmm. He, he can do a lot of different things, but he's probably not the guy that's going to always be on the number one line or always be on the number two line. But let me ask you, man, why not? Like, is he just playing like that because he needs to, because we have that, that you know, the, the window? Or, or is this dude capable of... Of more, like can we yeah. continue to expect more in him to grow? So Ivan Barbashev was an incredible player in junior hockey, and what happens sometimes is when you leave junior hockey. Trust me, I know when you leave junior hockey and you're this like top of the food chain, and you get to the NHL, and maybe it's not an easy direct path to being a star player right away. Well, sometimes guys fall into a role that lets them play every night, not necessarily the role that they can excel at and so Ivan Barbashev fell into this fourth line penalty killer role why because it kept him in the lineup it kept him getting paid but deep down inside that player is what we're seeing right now and so Craig Berube has done a great job of re-unlocking that player and now he's giving him the opportunity this is really the Ivan Barbashev that was drafted I believe in the first round by the St. Louis Blues this is what you were supposed to get so sometimes it pays big time to be patient with a player and then to give him proper opportunity. And Ivan Barbashev was a good goal scorer in junior hockey, was a gritty player. Heck, he'd even throw the mitts every now and then. And this is what we're getting. We're getting that all-around player. Is Ivan Barbashev a top six? Probably not on a Stanley Cup contender, but he damn well sure is a third liner. And and he can definitely bring you 15 to 20 goals a year. What an, what an important player like that guy is because he's never going to be – He's never going to outprice himself to a team. You know what I mean? He's going to get well, you that 15. Everybody needs a guy that can play power play, penalty right. kill, regular shift, hit. But who doesn't want that? Right. I, to me, it's the Steen model. It's yeah, the, very it's much It's the Alexander so. Steen model that he, you can I don't throw know him out there for talented. anything. No, no, no. But that model, you can put him out there anywhere. Correct. I would agree yeah. with that 100%. Would I, you, I, oh, I don't mean to interrupt No, you. no. On the, on the whole, hey, he's a high draft pick and sometimes you got to wait. Maybe that's what we may have with Logan Brown. Oh, yeah. 
Maybe. My God, I mean, only one game, one goal, okay, but still. So, what was he, number 11? Night, he was man. like pick number 11 or something? Yeah, like 11th overall. And the Ottawa Senators, I know, hold on here. I know you're going to find this very hard to believe. <laughs> uh, they mismanaged the player. What? No I mean, way. You know, they clearly don't have a history of doing that. Um, but, yeah, this one time, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, they mismanaged Logan Brown as a <laughs> hockey player. And... I was so happy for him to get another opportunity and then for for it to be here, St. Louis, where the kid grew up, and and obviously Jeff Brown, former St. Louis Blues defenseman. Um, This is a guy that really got to work in the summer. He worked out hard uh, on the ice, off the ice. He got himself right. He's 6'6", 235. Oh, my. I did not know that. Yeah, he's a massive human being. And if you watch last night, you see his skills. He's got like Pat Maroon-type hands. In fact, I would... I would almost say that his hands and his offensive skills are better than Pat Maroon's. And we'll see that. Trust me, in the next little while, you're going to see how talented this kid is. And so to see him last night play a lot, uh, to have some success out there, and watching his speed, his speed is really picked up. He did a great job of getting to that NHL speed that you need to play every night. And how about Craig Berube? had him on the ice in the last five minutes of the game in a tie game against one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah. That's confidence. What is his game? He's a well, he's a highly skilled offensive player. He's okay. always put up big numbers. So it's kind of crazy because he's this massive human being, yet he's got the soft touch of like a, a smaller player. Okay. So I think where he's going to find his success is adopting some of that power forward mentality because with his size and his strength and that, protecting the puck and puck possession should be a no-brainer. He should be like Joe Thornton out there. Oh, I'm I'm loving hearing all this because okay. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, great, another guy for the fourth line. That's not no. where he projects. No, great. no, no, no. And now Joe Thornton, I mean, that's a loose compared. Joe Thornton's one of the best players to ever play in the sure, NHL. Sure. But when I look at stylistically what Logan Brown could be, it's that. It's magic. How do you get the puck off a guy who's six foot six, sticks his back or his butt out, holds the puck out twenty five feet from you? How you how do you get that puck back? You can't. Yeah. And he has the offensive ability and the vision to make great passes. Last night he made so many tape to tape passes that were were great. It wasn't like a hope pass. He didn't turn the puck over when he didn't have a play. He got it in deep. He did all the things last night that. I think Craig Brewery was hoping to see and what Doug Armstrong was hoping to get when they traded for him. All right, so it seems to me that, again, this team proves itself with its with its offensive depth. You know, another guy comes in, Logan Brown, to help out when Tyler Bozak goes down with COVID. But, again, here we are. I just don't feel the same way about our D as I do about our forwards. And as a matter of fact, one of the things I wanted to ask Jamie is if Tyler Bozak would have played last night, Marco Scandella would have probably been a healthy scratch from what I from yeah, what I read. Yeah, which is weird because he played a ton, too, last night. Yeah. I mean, a ton, you know, I mean, relatively speaking. He played a lot. As a person who may have been a healthy scratch, yeah. he played a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, Jamie, can you kind of talk about that? Like, has Scandella... I mean, obviously, he is playing poor enough to to get scratched, obviously. So it kind of tells us what we already need. But, like, just as I'm watching it, has he really been that bad? No, but here's the situation. You have a $3 million hockey player, and you've got to find a rotation of some kind. Because Scott Perunovic, he's not leaving your lineup. Look at the way that young man's oh playing. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I want to talk about him. His Holy passes. Cow. Oh, his my passes. God. This, this right here. This when he went. 
and then put, or, and it's shot and goal. He opens, oh, he opens he up opens the his hips, hips. That's what and it then was, he yes. closes the hips, and then he's you know tight turn here, tight turn there. Perunovic is not leaving your lineup. So my point to that is somebody has to. So you have three guys that you can circle. It's Bortuzzo, Mikola, or Scandella. What about Waldman? Well, Waldman's gone. Uh, I mean... I don't want to say he's gone. He hasn't played in so long right now. It's almost like he's in the witness protection program. Got it. So I've been there. I've been Jake Wallman. I've got scratched for like 25 games in a row in Ottawa. Jesus. It's an awful feeling. It's a it, it, it's terrible, but I was a little bit older and Jake Wallman, I don't know if he can handle it and this is going to be weird because but you would not put him in that rotation. Well, no, he hasn't played at all. Right. Like, right. if you were going to play him, it would have been last night. You would have said, I'm going to give Wallman a game just to get out there and put him on the fourth line. Right. Play him forward. He's got great skating ability. He can handle the puck. He does all those things. Just get him out there. Three, four shifts in the game, and at least he touches the ice. He's part of the team. For whatever reason, they're like, nope, it's not going to happen. So then you drop back to the three again. Bortuzzo, Mikola, and Scandella. Mikola's playing the best hockey of his NHL career so far. It's a young career. And it's very fresh and new, but he's playing the best hockey of his NHL career. Robert Bortuzzo is playing okay. He's fine. I'd like to still like to see a lot more toughness out of Bortz every single night. But nonetheless, he's fine. He plays your penalty kill. And Marco Scandella, well, he's fine. He's had some bumps in the road. There's no doubt. But again, I go back to where he was playing out of turn. He shouldn't have been in the top four. Right, right. He and you have been saying that the whole time. I said it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He shouldn't play with Pareko. He shouldn't play against Nathan McKinnon. He shouldn't play against Jamie Benn. Those are the guys that, no, it's a bad matchup. But because they don't have a guy to slot in there, kind of stuck with that. So Marco Scandella, although he hasn't been stellar, he's not like the automatic, like, well, he's playing awful. He's the scratch. No, he's part of a group of three right now. And you kind of have to pick. And Mikola's not coming out right now. And so, but that is that that's a way that Coach Barubi is saying, hey man, uh, you better get your itch together. Yeah. Like, well, like, that and also maybe at the same time, uh, not that Craig Barubi's telling Doug Armstrong anything, but maybe at the same time, it's like, hey, what do you want me to do? I don't have a top defenseman. So I got to rotate these guys through. I got to hope that Perunovic can handle it defensively because he still has some. He has some moments on the defensive side, that, but of course he's only played like four or five games. Right, so, right. I, I, like I never see him have moments of nervousness, though. No, but he has moments of being in the wrong place. And sure. he has moments of um, a little bit of that bug off the windshield because he's so small. He's going to have to get a little craftier. Like Brian Rafalski, to me, is a great comparable for Scott Perunovich. Now, I think Scott Perunovich's ceiling is much higher but Brian Rafalski was an Olympian, an NHL All-Star. Like, he was a hell of a defenseman, okay? Sure. So don't get me wrong. But he was really small. And he never, hardly ever hit. But he was so good at angling, at reading the play, at getting his stick in the lane, at just being close enough. Scott Perunovich will get there. He's got a handful of games in the NHL. He's got great anticipation. He's going to be fantastic. But right now, those are some of the growing pains you're having defensively to where you're not going to go, okay, Perunovic and Pareko, you're out there against McKinnon. Sure. Right, right. What? What is, um, and I'm sorry, and I know we want to read emails and other things, but I want to ask, like, so for Perunovic, like, at practice, w- w- what's happening for that young man? You know what I'm saying? Like, is his work different on a daily basis than his his his, his peers? Or Yeah, it is. And if I'm Mike Van Ryan, I'm Craig Berube, I'm telling him every single practice is a game for you. And what I mean by that is your gap control has to be perfect. In fact, I want you to overdo it. If you get burned in practice, I don't care. I, I can live with that. 
But one thing we're going to do is we're going to try and close that gap overall defensively in practice. And we have some of the best players in the league on this team. we got some great puck handlers, some big, strong guys, too. You're going to close guys out as fast as you possibly can. And you're going to learn how to take these guys out without using the body. Because when you get up against a Joe Thornton, when you get up against Jamie Benn or Tyler Sagan, you're not going to be able to grab them and throw them in the glass. They're just going to go, whoop, no thank right, you. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to figure it out. So when you're up against Braden Shen in practice, Oscar Sundquist, David Perron, some of the bigger, stronger guys on the puck, those are the guys. I want to see you close them out. I want you to get the puck. You're not going to lose that puck battle. We have so many emails backing up. Yep. I, we we both want to oh, get into up, emails. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Hmm. Uh, but can I can I read an email that just came in really fast? Wow, sure. Just okay. came in. Yeah, just came in. Okay. You ready? Yeah. If Scott Perunovich is the next big thing for the Blues, does he know it right now? And, and what's going through his? Uh, it just has initials JB. Hmm. So I don't know any area, any particular area. Uh, Creve Core area. Okay. That's what All it right. Says. Um, but well, you, you know what the uh, the the listener is saying yeah. here is that like does he know that the Blues organization is just drooling all over him? Well, uh, JB from Creevecore, uh, no, he doesn't. Okay, that's not the way you think. You think to yourself, I want to be the best player in the league. Okay, so to get to this point, you got to be so focused. You get you got to, all that outside stuff just got to stay away. But he's always been the best player at every level, right? So this is natural for him, okay. and this is where. This is where you lose star players sometimes when they're young because you don't let them be the star player. Coaches, like, cut them at the knees and tell them, no, you're not going to do that in the NHL. You'll get there. You'll get there. Craig Berube has done a fantastic job with Scott Perunovich and Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo of we're going to tell you how to play the game as far as our structure is concerned and our compete level. But after that, man, the handcuffs are off. Go. And so Scott Perunovich is out there. He's playing. Like, well, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be because I am one of the best players in the country. Right. Like, just my Hobie Baker trophy tells me that I was the best college player in all of the United States. So, yeah, it's not like he's thinking, oh, the Blues love me and I'm the best. And all that. He's thinking, I want to make the all-star team. I want to make an Olympic team. I want to be, you know, a number one defenseman in this league. That's what he's thinking. Good. Good, good. God. Is there a game tonight? Is Dude, that right? we, we, Damn it. We, we, we start talking. Do we start talking? Just play every night. Like I'm so great. excited. Yeah. Uh, Last Minute Blues pro- podcast is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. All right, we got a few emails here, and uh, this one is going back a, a few weeks to when we had the burger conversation. We were deep in a in a hamburger conversation oh, because I was oh, in yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> John John writes in. I hope you gotten your burger fixed by now. Listening to episode sixty three currently. And I have to give Stacked STL a shout-out because that place has the best burger I've ever had. Mm. The food is super fresh and lots of option, op- options. I'm a big fan of adding the rosemary aioli on my burger. Ooh. It's a little pricey, but it's worth every penny. Uh, also, so good to see you guys in action out of Copper Fire a while ago. Take care and keep up the excellent work. That's from John. I haven't gotten that burger fix yet. No, I man. I really haven't. Nope. Like, I've tried. I've looked at some things. And... I'm just dying for that burger joint where, like, once a month I can roll in and they've got some kind of a unique bun. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, flavored and crazy, but just maybe, like, it's a homemade type bun and then the big, thick burger with nice cheese on it. Maybe, like, I love ketchup and mustard and all those things, but I do love... Like some of the other sauces, like some of the homemade secret sauces. Yo, man, when they're throwing rosemary aioli on my burger, I'm in on that. Okay, but are you? I don't yes. know. Yeah, I am. Rosemary's a, that's a very distinct 
taste. Understand, but I just bet you that these guys do it. God, I'm hungry. What about am, you? Uh, you really, too. I just got it too. <laughs> like a really, Jeff, go get really a burger. All right, I'll be right back. All right, <laughs> and, thank and you. I brought a chicken salad sandwich for lunch, and oh, that man. is not going to do. What? I brought man. chicken what? rice. What twelve year old you beat up for that lunch? Come on. What do you mean? What twelve year old dude? It's an easy lunch for me to make in the morning. Pop tart too. You guys are jerks, man. Now, what kind of pop tart? Do you have the frosting on it or not? Do you like the birthday ones with little sprinkles too? Yay! Another email from Justin here. Hey, fellas. Uh, first off, just wanted to say uh, Jamie did a great job on the Bally's broadcast the other night. Maybe next time Panger is out, you guys can each take a period. With all the talk lately about players getting sent down to juniors, minors, and back up to the NHL, I was wondering about their equipment. Does a player like Dakota Joshua have a set of skates, pads, sticks that stay with the AHL team, or does he bring all that stuff with him when he gets called up? I think the NHL roster guys get access to more, better equipment, or is it the same across the board? Thanks in advance and keep up the great work. That's from Justin. That's a kick-ass great, question. Great question. That's a great question. And no, you don't have two sets. What happens is uh, you have a you have two sets of pants, gloves, and helmet. Now I think Springfield has the, the identical same colors, which is very helpful because then you just wear it, you know, bring your stuff all that. But everything else travels with you. I have a funny story because when I was doing the Keenan train of up and down and up and down and up and down, there was a time where I got sent down to Springfield. I was playing for the Worcester Ice Cats, and I had to meet the team in Springfield. So I flew into Hartford and drove with a car over to Springfield. They were called the Springfield Falcons at the time. I arrived at the airport. No hockey bag. No Uh sticks. Didn't make the flight. Didn't make the flight. So I'm like, all right. It's not like cell phones are a big thing. I mean, they're kind of a thing. So I was like, boop, beep, boop, beep. On that, like, flip Motorola, like, Back like a phone. brick with a stick <laughs> pretty, hanging out of it. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Called uh, you know Jimmy Roberts, and he was he was pleasant. What do you want? <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't have any equipment. Where the hell is it? I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. Did you not bring it with you? I put it on the plane. That's really all I can do, I'm like, Jim. What do you want me to do? Well, did you ask where the hell? I said, Jimmy, I've done everything I can. I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. I just get to the rink. I'm like, okay, fine. So I get in a car and get to the rink, and I'm there going, all right, boys, hey, go get them. Jimmy's like, wait, wait, get dressed. I'm like, I don't have gear. We'll find you some. Okay. So Jimmy, who used to be the head coach of Springfield, the uh, Springfield Indians, way back at the time when the Islanders farm team, and Jimmy won back-to-back AHL championships in Springfield, he just walks down the hall into the visiting dressing room. <laughs> I need some gear. And guys are like, what the hell? The, like, the coach is sitting. <laughs> so the trainer grabs him. He's like, we got nothing. You know, he says, okay. So they get some elbow pads, shoulder pads. I mean, it's not all that hard to put together some gear. Now, it's not my gear. Right. Which is a little bit weird. But I'm like, I don't give, you know, why? Like, whatever. We get to the skates. I'm like, Jimmy, I don't have skates. Well, we'll find you some. What size are you? I'm like, I don't know. Ten? I don't know. All right. He asked the trainer, you got any skates? Their coach had a pair of skates that was like 12 years old, I think. <laughs> Not the coach. The skates were 12 years old. And they're the skates that they give me to play in. Go, go then, get them. Then a stick. Just any stick. Oh, this is all we have. Bull, whatever. <laughs> they literally gave me a two-by-four with, like, hockey tape on it. <laughs> Nails sticking out of it. <laughs> so I had to go play this game in all, like, brand-new equipment and... I mean, I got it warm up, and it was like weeble wobble, and then I've got, you know, you just kind of block it out, and you just start to go and go and go, 
Anyways, I ended up having a hell of a game. I was going to say, what'd you do? <laughs> had a trick? I had a goal and an assist and got called up right back after the game. <laughs> I want these skates to come yeah, with me. Yeah, I was me. like, I had to take the gear with me. Where did your equipment catch up with you? I guess it finally had gotten it to Springfield at that point. It got to uh, the Hartford Airport. Okay. And it was sitting there. And so when they called, um, I believe it was Vicki Roberts. Jimmy Roberts' daughter was in charge of a bunch of stuff, too. And at this point, I'd already been called up. So she told the airline, just keep it at the airport because he's coming back. Right, right. <laughs> and so the next morning, I got up, got in a car, and drove from Springfield to Hartford. There's my gear. Waiting there. Jumped on the plane. Back to St. Louis. Listen, we got another wow. e- we, we've got another email, but but I, we're at Jamie's sto- storytelling time. Sure. And I think it's a good time to talk about the incident that happened with one Kachuk and uh, and uh, the, the Lemieux fella, Brendan Lemieux. Oh, yeah. I guess they Pepe got into Lemieux. a scrap mm-hmm. and Lemieux bit Kachuk, uh-huh. which is just insane to me. But then I started thinking about it. Is it really that insane for an NHL player to get bit? And I'm betting it's not. <laughs> so I have a story. Oh, uh, wow. oh. I'll be darned. Yeah. Uh, I bit a guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this wasn't even you getting bit. This no, I bit a guy. By, okay. Oh, is, this, right. is this hockey related? Or? <laughs> well, I wouldn't even. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's a darker room. Uh, no. Uh, but there's an explanation for All right. it. So to look at the other night, Matt, uh, watching Brady Kachuk fight uh, Brendan Lemieux. And the way it kind of went down, and then he's laying on top of Kachuk and then bites his hand. I had a big problem with that. Okay? Now, my situation, of course, I'm an angel. So, Uh we were playing against the Phoenix Coyotes in Phoenix, and they had a a bunch of guys, big guys. Big Walt was on this line, playing against Big Walt. And I forget who they had up the middle. Maybe it was Craig Janney. He had been moved around a little bit. And then Brad Isbister, who was this monster of a guy. was like 6'4", 230. And anyways, we end up in in our net, like in the net, big pile up. I'm at the bottom of the pile. My arms are kind of pinned under me, and I've got big Walt on my back. Mm. That's enough to just right there, right? Right. Then I've got Isbister on top of me and some other – and my own – like Mark Bergevin was like on top of me. And I was like the bottom of the dog pile, basically. And Isbister – takes his hand and he starts to like try and like suffocate me, like block my nose and mouth and like Jeez-o. So I'm like, okay, you son of a yep. So I just start biting his hand. I yeah. bit it like three times as hard as I can. In that in, in that instance I'm okay <laughs> with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe he may have been trying to kill you. Well how about I bit it, he pulled it away, then he like tried again. So I bit it again. He pulled he bit it again. I'm like, you dumb son of a Anyway, so I bit his hand three times, and then we end up, like, rolling around all over the ice, and everybody's fighting and whatnot. And I never got suspended or anything like that. I just told the refs, like, hey, he's full of whatever. I never bit him. You know, meanwhile, there's, like, <laughs> right. yeah. there's if, you check the records. if you check the bite pattern on his index <laughs> finger, it probably matches mine. Uh, what are you saying but, to him, though? Like, are you screaming at him while that's happening, too? Not really, because okay. I bit him good. Right. I'm like, take that, you son of a... <laughs> right. I was like, how'd that feel, hey, buddy? How's that one? Yeah. Wasn't there a handful of years ago somebody with, was it Vancouver, bit somebody? Hang on. There's more to this story. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> well played, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. So the following year, I get traded to the New York Islanders. And I walk in the locker room, first day in Long Island. There's my stall. It's wide open, you know. Walk over. Brad Isbister's is still right next to me. He had gotten traded from Phoenix to New York as well. Oh, and so no. looked at him. Looked at me, and I go, don't put your hands in my face. <laughs> I bet he didn't. He started laughing, and we end up being great friends. We end up being roommates that wow. year on the road. And so it was always a funny story when we're out having a few sodas, 
Izzy would tell the story of, oh, Reeves just tried to bite my fingers off. And I'm like, you deserved it. So then when so then when Jonathan Quick came out and spoke up for, for Brendan Lemieux, mm-hmm. he's just doing that as a good teammate, right? He has to. He's What's got he going to say? My teammate's a scumbag? Right, my teammate yeah. sucks. How does that I wish, go over? I, like, I wish he wasn't here, too. But yeah, he's kind of got to do that. Yeah, and Brady Kachuk went off the rails a little bit with what he said. He was like, you know, this guy's an awful person, awful teammate. He's probably not wrong, okay? Right. For a guy that's got such an impact on the game to be shipped around as much as he has been already in his young career, probably some baggage there. Sure. Um, you know, Brady probably wishes he could have a little bit of that back at this point. But neither here nor there. Who cares? Brady's an emotional player. Yeah, He's a man, tough he got player. his hand bit and it was dripping is, is, blood. Is he the one that, that did the cameo thing with Gilbert Godfrey? Who? Did I read that wrong? I thought I read on Twitter that, that somebody uh, paid Gilbert Godfrey through cameo to read Brady Kachuk's response. Oh, I don't know. That's possible, Jeff. I kind of would like to see that. I, I, I could see him doing that as well. I can't saying. say yes or no. I have oh no idea. God, I'll have to look All right, that let's up. get to this last email here. Uh, to the Last Minute Blues podcast team. I'm a middle-aged blind woman blues fan and have been uh, have been since the 70s. My visually impaired daughter, also a blues fan. We have two questions. Number one, why do the announcers sometimes not travel with the team on road trips? That's one. Two, has the NHL ever considered having the players wear a grill-like mask like the NFL players do to prevent teeth loss and other facial injuries? Thank you for your time. Keep up the good work. I enjoy the show. That's from GN Fike. Thank you very much. All right, so I'll address question number one. The TV and radio announcers usually always travel with the team, every single time. The only time that they haven't is during COVID. Right. Is that going to change anytime soon, Well, they're traveling with the team right now. They are, okay. But with all these COVID cases popping up all over the place, I don't know what's going to happen. I I have no idea. I just got the email a couple of days ago saying all the media stuff is back to Zoom. It's back to Zoom. So we'll see what happens there, but the answer to that question is COVID. Bottom line, if COVID gets um, controlled and whatnot, and when it when the percentage of the people are lower, whatever it is, I'm not a doctor. I don't right. care. When that starts to dissipate, then the, everybody's on the road full time again. Absolutely. So, uh, part two of that was what? It was the gr- it had the play- oh, the cage uh, where the grill like mask like the NFL yeah, players the do. bird cage yeah, yeah no. That's not going to happen. And guys don't like wearing those, right? A lot of guys don't like wearing the visors. Well, I shouldn't say that because it's been so long now where they grandfathered it into where every year you have to wear the visor. A lot of these guys are just programmed to wear the visor. I hated the visor. I hated it. I never wore it for one minute of my NHL career. Uh, Actually, that's not true. I wore it one time. I played for the Islanders. I had been cut over the eye for like 25 stitches. It was a puck in the face. And I decided I was going to wear a visor because... People like to get that and rub it in your face, and like they Ooh. go after it. It's sure. so I was like, I'm oh. gonna wear the visor. First shift I went out, and I hit Matt Sundin in Toronto. I'll never forget it. My visor came down and cracked me in the nose and cut my nose open for like four stitches. Oh, jeez! I threw the helmet down the hallway and told the trainer, "Don't bring it back until it doesn't have a visor on." It. <laughs> I felt bad. I apologized to the trainer after because it wasn't his fault. Right, right, um, right. I don't know. I see fault in him. Yeah. No, okay. no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> it was uh, Joey McMahon was his name. He was a fantastic individual. I loved all equipment managers I ever had. I was a jerk in that moment, uh, but I was mad because obviously I'm cut open again. Right, yeah. So I took the visor off and never wore it again. The very thing that was supposed to keep you safe is the thing that cut you. That's correct. Yeah. we were So many of them are just tilted up so much and so small now anyway. It doesn't, yeah, but it doesn't like, then, then why are you wearing it? Right, yeah. Like, I'm like, come on, man. 
Take it off. Because you have to. Real quick here, a couple things I want to ask about before we get out. Uh, Your old buddy Mark Bergerman uh, was relieved of his responsibilities in Montreal. Um, The the team makes it to the finals, but then has a really rough start to the year. And then the owner, to me, in that press conference, kind of talked about the potential of maybe there being sort of a GM by committee situation where yeah, it, where uh, he thought that Bergevin could have used help a few years ago. Bergevin had that? help, okay? So I don't know what Jeff Molson is doing up there with the Canadians because, you know, you had Mark Bergevin and Scott Mellenby, two guys that are fantastic. Trevor Timmons did a great job of being the assistant GM at the same time as Mark Bergevin was the GM. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Bergie, maybe he made some mistakes. Maybe some players didn't play up to snuff, whatever the case. Then Jeff Molson started interviewing people while Mike Mark Berge, like openly interviewing people while Bergie's still your GM. Wow. So then he interviews Scott Mellenby for the job. Well, how weird is that? Mel played with Bergie, and Bergie brought Mel to Montreal, and then they tell Scott Mellenby, well, we're not going to give you the job because you can't speak French. Well, then why did you interview me? And so Scott Mellenby resigned. Right. Resigned. It was kind of weird because he was like vice president of hockey operations. It's a big deal. Yeah. He was like, no, I'm good. I'm out. So something's weird there. And then, um, you know, then they just basically, they hired Jeff Gordon from the New York Rangers who did an okay job. I mean, whatever. But then after they hire him, then they fire Bergie. It's kind of like. And I thought Jeff Molson even said that that the guy, their coach is still their coach, but that makes that coach like. Dude, that guy—he's not going to be the new GM's guy. He well, they don't. The thing is, they don't have a GM. Well, no, I know, but so, when they get one, they're going to. And they didn't. Jeff Gordon didn't get. I don't even know if he got hired as president of hockey operations. I think they gave him vice president of hockey operations. So I think Jeff Molson is like president of hockey operations right oh, now, which boy. is a disaster. And then he wants Jeff Gordon to hire a GM, but the GM's not really going to have a say. It's going to be Jeff Gordon. But because they need a French or because they feel they need a French-speaking GM, they're just going to hire anybody. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but they're talking about guys that have no experience. Like Matthew Darsh did a great job with Tampa Bay. I know Darshi very well. He's a very smart individual, but he's never never GM'd ever. But they're talking about bringing him in because he speaks French. And then he'll learn on the job. Oh, boy. I just reason don't... to hate the French. <laughs> what? I said it's another reason to no, hate the French. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> hate kidding. the French. I love the French. I love the French. Right. I, their fries, everything. One, everything. one more for you here. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, he wants out of Boston. Yeah. Uh, is that a player that the Blues would have any interest in at all? And I'm just asking just because I know he's a young player, highly skilled supposedly, but from what I read, motivation seems to be an issue and a problem for him. Well, they also said that about Ryan O'Reilly in Buffalo. All right. So I, uh, I I take all that with a grain of salt now. He's no, he's no Ryan O'Reilly, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I would pass at this point. I mean – who are you going to play him in lieu of? Right. No, it was no, just I'm just kind asking of a, you. Yeah. Like, if you look at your left side right now, your left wingers, who are you taking out? Like, you've got Buchnevich, you've got Barbashev, you've got Braden Shen. I mean, he can move around wherever. You've got Kairou on the one side. You've but got maybe, Tarasenko. Maybe give Kairou a rest for a game or two. You yeah. know, maybe he's getting I mean, tired. Yeah. Just <laughs> throw him up in the I'm press not doing box. Much he's not really there. doing anything. Dude, so that... I just don't see where he fits in. You know, and, and I'm sure some people be like, well, you get to get rid of Vladdy's contract. Okay, but then you're getting rid of Vladdy's points, too. Right, lately. right. Yeah. right. It's like, not just the contract. I said that yesterday on the fast lane was, at this point now, you almost can't trade Vladimir right. Tarasenko because he's such a big part of your offense, and until somebody else takes the torch and runs with it, 
yes, Cairo and Thomas are doing a great job, but you know, Perron's out right now. Who knows how long? You know, it looks like it's head issues. So who knows? Ryan O'Reilly is a fantastic player, but Tarasenko's right there. He's scoring points every single game. Yeah. You can't trade that away right See, now. See, and this is why I get pissed off when people start talking about Barubi being the problem. No. Dude, to me, he's watched, the, he's helped these young guys develop. He's he's made this Tarasenko thing a non-issue, as has the player. But still, man, like, it's just one of the things. It just, it feels to me like the easy, like the easy first thing that every sports fan does when their team isn't playing well. Yeah, that's and just the natural the reaction of a fan is all that is. All right, that's it. You're done? You're done? I think so. That's it. I'm going right. to go be on the radio some more. All right, see you. Which station today? Uh, well, it's still both, buddy. Both uh, both? Yeah, yeah, the point and the arch, you know, yeah. both of them. Just, just bringing gonna, in number one ratings on both. Just going to try to continue to be number one on sure. both. It oh, is boy. the Last Minute Blues podcast. Uh, we have got our friend Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Subscribe and make sure your friends are following the Last Minute Blues podcast. And as always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.